0: Hello and welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Hi, everyone. It's Lynn and Krista. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the show. You don't need to be 30 or around 30 to listen. Just an FYI. That's a disclaimer. Disclaimer. We should put that <laughs> at the very top.
1: I love that's how a lot of people start a conversation with us when they first meet us, though. Yeah.
0: They're like, but I'm not 30. And we're like, oh, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. It's like, what kind of joke? I'm trying to think of... Re- I'm trying to think of something that would be relatable, where it's like the joke that people always make around someone. Mm. Like, who has an example of a joke that people always hear? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just but like, I know what you mean. It's like, we get an uncle joke all the time. All the time. It's sweet. It's
1: sweet. I try to give a different rea- reaction every time. Yeah. Like, well, I know. Me it was like, either.
0: Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks to be those people. <laughs> well, we're not almost. We're not. We're not 30 either, so yeah, we're, in our 30s, we're, just, baby. we're just freeing it. But welcome to the show. If it's your first time, welcome, welcome. We hope to be a place where you find inspiration, where you laugh, where you hear interesting stories and perspectives, and we try and bring as many interesting people on as we can, as well as doing solo episodes where Lindsay and I go deep on topics that we really resonate with.
1: Yeah, truly. And today is no exception. Yes. Today is really special with Michael Thorne. Hill. He is the founder of Casa Galactica. He is a channel, a galactic channeler, and we had a session with him. Man, it's like go almost almost a year ago. Yes. We're approaching a year ago just because with everything with the, um, the pandemic and Michael was traveling to the jungle, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about. And it's actually perfect timing per usual, but um, our session with him was just Super, super powerful and so unique to any channeling session that I've done with someone. Yeah, so
0: he's an intuitive. He's a medium. He works at Casa Galactica, which is a place that he founded with his wife where they do ayahuasca retreats and they do a lot of different Work, um, Mm -hmm. whether it's cosmic energy healing, whether it's galactic channeling. There's a lot of trauma healing and informed trauma healing at Casa Galactica when you're doing your ayahuasca retreat or ceremony or dietas. Um, So they've got a lot going on there. And he has a really interesting story to bring him to the place where he's facilitating these with his wife and then the other uh, local people of the Amazon that really protect and respect the medicine there. Mm -hmm. And we're actually having this conversation with him, like, I think, a day after
1: he arrived in the jungle. Mm-hmm. So he was on, I think, a two-week journey to mm-hmm. the jungle. It was on a boat. And then, obviously, different forms of transportation. I believe his cat was with him. His cats were on the boat. His cat made it.
0: I made was it. like, let's let's park here for a little bit and talk about your cats. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, oh hold
1: oh, on. Are oh, 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 oh. we going to
0: talk about our cats? You said meow, meow? <laughs> yeah, dude. On our, our team, <laughs> random, but on our team call the other day, remember? So, our team called, we got on our team a call with our team, our manager, and then uh, Bess on our partnerships team. They were both on the call before us, and so they but we were didn't quiet- know, but we didn't know, so they were quiet. <laughs> we got on, so Lindsay and I both got on, we're like, Hey, and I'm like, To Lindsay, I'm like, It's just us, and then I hear a meow on the phone,
1: <laughs> and it was that you or Bess? That was me. Oh, I thought it was Bess, yeah. I go, Meow, meow. Oh, I and thought then, that was Bess, and then Bess and Haley go.
0: Huh? (laughs) Okay, okay. I thought they were being silent and then when we got on, they started meowing to like be a joke. I was like, dude, this is so hilarious. But they thought that like we do that to each other. We check. That's how we check to see if anyone's on the phone. We start talking Uh, and meows. Meow, meow. Anyways, so we brought his cat over when he went Mm -hmm. to the Amazon and, you know, Lindsay and I get offers to do healing sessions a lot of times with people that want to be on the podcast and that's not to brag. It's just kind of we do these a lot. We have offers for these a lot and, We really use our intuition when we are having these healing sessions or meeting with these people, and we always vet them before we bring them on the show, just so we know that it's real, it's relevant, it resonates with us, and hopefully it'll resonate with you. And this session that we did was incredibly on point. Yes.
1: He was channeling part of it. The Arcturians came in, which we've Mm -hmm. heard before in channeling sessions, who not only are like kind of with us individually, but with almost 30. Yes. And guiding almost 30. And it was just really powerful.
0: Yeah. So Kiki, our regular healer that we work with as our support. So we have a healer that we work with regularly. We have a coach and then we have our therapist which is something that we prioritize. Like when we're thinking about our budget, we prioritize in that way. But Kiki always talks about the Arcturians Mm -hmm. being with us. The Arcturians were impactful for us last year and really establishing and creating these energetic boundaries for ourselves and the Mm -hmm. business that hadn't been there before. So when Michael started channeling, you know, there's a lot of options from a galactic perspective of who's going to come through. It could be the Pleiadians, it could be Syrians, it could be people from Orion, could be all over the board. There's a lot of different beings that could really come through or energy uh, that could come through. So when he started talking about the Arcturians, I like, knew. I was like, oh, I that, know. it totally makes sense to I me. I know, so sweet.
1: And I'm trying to think of anything else from our healing. I believe we talk a bit about it in the interview, but just in the interview itself, I was I was kind of reminded, you know, in talking about plant medicine mm-hmm. and healing with plant medicine, we've done ayahuasca as a lot of you know, and I've only done it once. And we've Four both- times. Huh? Oh, yeah. Four times in one. Yeah, one trip. In one week. Um, yeah. In one week. Brag. Four uh,
0: times in one week. Come on. Beat it. Beat it. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, it was quite
1: intense. But in Costa Rica. But having the conversation with him, I'm remembering this now. There's something to speaking to the plant medicine that kind of activates the plant medicine. Yeah. A little bit. So where we I started was, tripping, you guys. <laughs> no.
0: So you said I lost him. We were like, whoa.
1: But I was remembering moments in the... Journey, mm-hmm. you know, where I was like, oh, wow, that mm-hmm. was that. was That That was and, something. You know, mm-hmm. it was just like, it was kind of cool and obviously made me want to go down there and freaking do appointment I do with want Michael to do it again.
0: I know. Yeah, we've been thinking about that. He's like, you could bring your friends. I'm like, dude, that'd be kind of fun. That would be so fun. I don't wow. know. Yeah. But it is, it was interesting the way. So we actually did full episodes on our ayahuasca journey. Um, you can search for Lindsay's, you can search for mine. And then we did another full episode with one of the doctors that was at uh, Rhythmia where we did our ayahuasca ceremonies uh, probably two years ago Mm -hmm. in Costa Rica. But it's funny, like the way that ayahuasca works, and I don't even, I don't want to be corny and say this, but it did feel like we put the intention. We're like, oh, we kind of want to do ayahuasca. And then it the situation happened upon us where we were able to do it um and mm-hmm. do it so we talk a little bit about those experiences and journeys although we don't go into full details so if you want more information about our ayahuasca experiences you can find those full episodes yeah
1: and i was in in this conversation just talking about the intelligence of plants was yes. very fascinating to me the I'm, trees where he lives so he they're communicating with the trees all the time literally. there there is a a tree or plant sp- tree spirit that they communicate with. Is that Noya Novo- Raya?
0: Yes, Noia thank you. Mm-hmm. God, her. her memory is There's a so book good. that I got called Plant Intelligent in the Imaginal Realm. Mm. It is so dense, but it's all about basically the astounding abilities of plants. Wow. And it's super sciency, but it is really interesting to, to look into. Because that is, actually, there's some good documentaries on Gaia, and then there's really good research and books on how intelligent and smart plants are. Yeah, I was watching a documentary last night about. I think it's on Amazon Prime. It's like the
1: something of trees. Yeah,
0: the secret yeah. life of trees. No,
1: but it's something it oh, was it's like that
0: secret life of bees. <laughs> 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 we should make that. Dude, they should make a play on that. The secret <laughs> life of trees. <laughs> The secret life of <laughs> oh, whatever. Wow. But yeah, they, they talked about like
1: the tree family systems and how they nurture and nourish each
0: other. And it was just, wow. They like, made you want to cry. Yep. There's a vibrational frequency that happens when one is being cut down in a forest. They can feel vibrationally that one is being cut down and the others are in reaction to it. Mm. I can't. I, I mean, it's too much for me. It is too much, too, too much for me, but it's powerful and it's beautiful. And it's just one of those things where we think about, I laugh sometimes when we think of that we're the most intelligent species. I know. It is comical to me that people... I, this is a perspective that I have maybe explicitly, so I don't know if this is anything that anyone else shares. <laughs> but I think that the way we define advanced is like a very linear way of advancement that's like yes. very capitalistic. Yes. And it's like, dude, these creatures and animals can rebuild limbs mm. in seconds. They can become a different sex. Mm-hmm. There's some animals that can become the, a sex if they don't have a partner that's of the sex that they need. It's like the, the way that animals live and operate in trees is just, they've been here forever. Yes. They will last any flood. And they don't have the
1: like, ego, no. the bullshit distractions yes. that are keeping them from being
0: who they truly are. <laughs> hmm they truly are who they truly are. And trees for life. <laughs> Having a wonder of nature. I'm is- thinking about a crow. I'm like, a crow is such a crow. Crow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> such a government, government plant. <laughs> <laughs> if you're new to
1: the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You do know about crows
0: and government plants. Come on.
1: <laughs> just kidding. But anyway, this conversation is one of those really unique, powerful ones that we always ask. Just keep an open mind because yes. some of this stuff might be like, whoa. Yes. But it's
0: it's kind of cool. We just want to share all the perspectives and we like to dig into the stuff and that we're new to just as much as you guys and we always just form our own opinion afterwards or we just kind of let it be what it is. But there's a lot that we go into in this conversation that might be new to people or might not. Uh, But we talk about uh, channeling any galactic being. So we talk about the boundaries that someone would want to put in place when they are channeling a galactic being or what it's like to communicate with different types of galactic beings so we can do it safely and what Michael's experience is like. We also talk about um, the trauma-informed therapy that they uh, support people along with plant medicine at Casa Galactica. So they do a lot of trauma-informed therapy there. And they t- we talked about how the plants really support that process. And then in addition to the plants, uh, how mindful facilitators need to be. So we talked about the facilitator process of helping people through mm-hmm. trauma. Yeah. And uh, Michael
1: also shares about his experience And I just want to kind of say this, say this now before we begin the interview as a trigger warning. So we do talk about suicide and we talk about he was a child in a ritual abuse, ritual abuse. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we didn't know that we were going to have this conversation and, you know, the intention here is, um, you know, really to share his story as a way to bring awareness to something that, you know, is still happens today. And for survivors, you know, he, part of his work is to treat and provide support for survivors of ritual abuse. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, ritual abuse is really comes in various ways. So it could be, um, you could use animals as torture, you could be tortured over time. A lot of time, people are. Um, They use types of mind programming on very young kids. So there's a lot of really dark ways that ritual abuse happens, but it's this ritual abuse experience over time that a lot of times this happens to kids that are um, in the foster care system mostly, or they're immigrants or they can be undocumented, but it happens all over the world and it's been happening for quite some time. So we didn't go in full detail, but we talked a lot about how that experience led him to where he was. And that was super emotional. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I was bawling for like 45 minutes after. Yeah.
1: yeah. So thank you, Michael, for mm-hmm. you know sharing and um, for also just providing such a safe place for people to heal. Casa Galactica is... Um, where you can learn more, casagalactica.com. You can work with Michael. You can work with his partner, Jamie. Um, There are ayahuasca retreats and
0: dietas. So lots to support. Lots to support. Um, So just trigger warning again about the ritual abuse. We get kind of deep in there but we know you guys are mindful enough. If this doesn't seem like a fit for you, then you know there's a bunch of other episodes that you can listen to. Um, we really appreciate when you do share these with friends. So if you have someone that um, you feel like this message would resonate with, they want to channel galactic beings, they feel like they're ready to hear some of the information that we hear, we highly suggest you send with a friend so you can be in conversation with them. And then you can find all of Almost 30 stuff at almost30.com. We have our partners on our website. You can get tons of discounts on amazing brands that we love. We have almost 30 podcasts our Instagram where we have tons of like really rich content mm-hmm. and additional things from the podcast that hopefully will inspire you and incite, I- excite you. <laughs> I hope so. Turn you on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something truly for for everyone. And if you want to follow Krista and I on Instagram, we always love hearing from you and connecting with you. I'm at Lindsay Simsick And I'm at It's Krista. All right, y'all. Enjoy this one and we'll see you on the other side. See you soon. Okay. I need to introduce you to a revolutionary new app. Um, superhuman. I have been doing these superhuman activations every single morning for the last three weeks. Let me just tell you, I kind of fell off of my game after I had the baby. Most of my time and energy was going to him I am juggling quite a bit lately. I have a new baby um, six months in and uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health Yeah. So as I was, I was saying before, I would love if you feel comfortable just kind of setting the container. I think with a conversation like this one, it's important that we just establish an intention and protection and yeah, just kind of pull our listeners in to this present moment. So if you wouldn't mind doing the honors of setting the container for this conversation, we would love that.
2: Yeah, sure. And in terms of, of setting a container, I, I mean, would you just like a, sh- a short meditation or, or what, would you, what would you like?
0: I'd love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be perfect. A
2: short meditation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, great. For this conversation, or whatever uh, is about to be shared and to be talked about here today, I just invite us all just to drop into our heart space, just into that loving space, that unconditional love, that ever-present, Unconditional love that's always here, that's here now and will always be here with us. And just feeling that love in our hearts, just allowing that openness to flow through our bodies, expanding outwards beyond our minds, and just settling into a deeper space, into an ever present knowingness that allows us to be guided here throughout this session and just to allow all of the infinite galactic wisdom of our galactic friends and family to be present to help guide us and to all the listeners out there just encouraging just to stay tuned in with your heart and just allow your heart to guide you through this listening experience to be present and to resonate with whatever is there for you and to leave whatever it's not for you. There's no pressure. Just enjoy.
0: <sighs> Thank you. Uh-huh. That was um, good. I'm excited to talk. And um, I know we had our session a little bit ago now, probably a few months or so now, but we did an amazing galactic channeling session with you and I've actually never had that sort of channeling before and I was really excited that the Arcturians came through for Lindsay and I. We've been working with them for a little over a year now, maybe longer from, you know, outside of my awareness, but in my awareness, we've been working with them for about a year. So when they came through during our session together, I wasn't surprised at all to hear from them. And it just was really affirming and confirming of what we were doing and sort of what we were going through at the time. And it was really beautiful. So we're excited to have you on today. We're excited to talk to you about so many different things, plant medicine, Casa Galactica. I think there's a lot of places that we can go. But I would first love to just talk a little bit about, you know, the channeling that you do and sort of our experience in the session. When you're channeling, do you work with specific beings or entities, or sort of what's your process like for communicating with the appropriate entities that have the messages for the people you're working with?
2: Sure, um, great question. I'm really glad that the session that we did was beneficial. I certainly enjoyed being able to bring bring that information through for you. Um, firstly, just in terms of whatever work that I do, similar to how we've set a container here for this conversation, is really connecting with the heart, with the God consciousness, universal consciousness, with this unconditional love uh, and truth. I work through a specific guide called Noyarau, um, who is my main teacher and guide, who is an enlightened tree, who is part of the work that we do in the Shipibo tradition of Durismo. Curanderismo, Spanish word for healing, or, or curanderismo for, for, for healers, which is also synonymous with shamanism. So, if you hear me so talk about curanderismo, a curandero is a healer, but it's just the same as shamanism um, in, in that sense. So, she is our our main teacher and guide here, and different energies and beings will connect with me through her. I'm always working in alignment with the higher selves of whoever it is that's working in this session. So there's varying levels of understanding and what we can talk about channeling, channeling being something where we can look at these spirits and beings as being outside of ourselves. And yes, there are different beings like the Pleiadians, Arcturians, Assyrians, Orions that can be seen as individual entities, but then a deeper level of understanding or a deeper level of consciousness beyond that is then looking at everything as one consciousness. So you can tune into a specific aspect of one consciousness that might present, might present itself as the Arcturian Collective, or you may see that as another aspect of non-dual consciousness in terms of just being tapped into that, that field, which is something that I'm more and more passionate and learning more about and doing things more of a non-dual way, which doesn't mean bypassing any of the human experience by any means. But really just tuning into that infinite intelligence, that one consciousness that's available to all of us. And anything that I do in a channeling session, it's not something that's special to me. I'm not given any special, special gifts in any way that, that are not available to everyone. So everything that I'm doing here is totally available for everyone to be able to learn. And I actually teach people how to do this. And it's really just remembering that we are one consciousness that we are infinitely intelligent in our spirit and something greater than this human body, than this human experience. And just learning how to access that and bring that into the human experience can really help change lives, especially when you learn how to do that for yourself, to be empowered in your own healing. Uh, And it's just something that I'm really passionate about doing. It's just helping people connect with their spirit teams, their galactic friends, whether it be angels, guides, Arcturians, Palladians, trees, plant spirits, or other divine spirits. They're just the, the, the precedent which I set is here that any being or entity or energy that I connect with is in love, is in unconditional love and for the highest healing and purpose, whoever it is that I'm working for. And then I just let spirit do the work and, mm. and just get myself out of the way in that, in that sense.
1: Mm. I'm fascinated by the enlightened tree. Can you give us some, like a little bit more background on that? Was that is that rooted in this particular type of
0: shamanism? And isn't there a, a tree in Kabbalah as well? And then there's like the twelve. So Kabbalah is like ten D tree, and isn't there like a twelfth dimensional tree? I don't know if any of that's related.
2: Well, you know, there is the there's a tree of life. There is often different hit legends and stories about trees and intelligence. I'm not familiar with those other traditions and lineages as as much as I am about the Noya Rao lineage of current Coranderismo, which which I study and work in. So Noya Rao is a, a tree of unconditional love of life, of truth. And in our experience, a pathway to non-dual work within plant spirit shamanism, which is often seen as dualistic tradition. So it's then connecting to the infinite consciousness, the cosmos. And she actually has uh, glowing leaves that fall down. And in the nighttime, when you see these glowing leaves, for me they're a representation of that infinite, undying light that is always there. That even through the darkness, her light is present. And for us, it's been a very empowering experience to work with this infinite consciousness in this particular way, No the enlightened tree, as we as we like to call or I like to call them, because her experience of this non dual non-dualism. Bringing that into the human experience to be able to help heal trauma, childhood trauma, sexual abuse, all these other other things that people may have experienced in myself in in the human experience brings a pathway to healing that has a greater expanse to it by being able to be connected to the bigger picture of things whilst going through the human experience, if that makes sense.
1: Yes. Sorry, last question on this human question of, um, is this an actual tree mm-hmm. somewhere? Like when you, you say you see the leaves at night or is this in your access of it through your shamanic practices?
2: Well, yeah, great question. So yeah, there are physical trees. There are physical trees here in the, in the Amazon marine forest where, where we we're based and we, did, we, we do all work. Um, and then to get in contact with the spirit of the tree you do theatres. So we have a four-week Noya Rao initiation theatre. Um, and there are other ways of dieting, not, you know, not with us. We're not the only people who do this, but we do it in a very specific way. But we teach people how to connect, how to communicate with my background in channeling, my wife's background as an intuitive medium. Together, we, we founded Casa Galactica. So we are guided by Noya Rao, the physical and spiritual tree. But more often than not, we're connected in 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 a a spiritual uh, way because we have learned to communicate with her through dieting, which is periods of time of fasting, of isolation, being very inward, of them receiving energies, wisdom from the tree activations in this way that then are able to be used in everyday life that are be able to use in as I was mentioning before my channeling practices. So when you come and diet with us, you then. You might call it like a spiritual ally. You gain access to this spiritual ally through your own isolation, through your own work in doing this. And then we teach you how to do this in in a way that we've learned over time, which is based within the Shapebo tradition of Coindurismo. But we just do this in a, a way that's been specifically taught to us based upon just guess who we really are, where our hearts are. And our hearts really are aligned with helping people activate their own intuition. Uh, and with these theatres, uh, one of our main tasks here is to teach you how to communicate directly with the tree so that you can learn the information directly in your own way mm-hmm. rather than you taking our words for it. So we're just really about empowering your healing um, and then activating your intuition so that you can be able to speak and communicate with, with the plant, uh, Noia Rao. And then also use these practices to communicate with other spirits as well. And yeah, we, 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 we really, we're really just passionate about doing this. And throughout that healing of, healing of trauma and, and then working with spirit, it's a, a cycle that we find that as you unravel trauma, then you open up to your true nature and then your intuition becomes activated, you become more aware of your multidimensionality because of the blocks, the trauma can lift and you just realize more of the truth of your existence. And mm. as you activate your intuition, you're able to work with spirit to be able to help heal yourself more and more. So that's really what we're really passionate about. Here.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. And the dieta, that's basically a sort of diet that people follow and that's nutrition or is it also isolation? Or can you tell me a little bit more about that process and how important that process is in connecting or in allowing people to connect to the tree or to to connect to a greater consciousness?
2: Absolutely. So in the Shipibo tradition of curanderismo or shamanism, the curanderos or shamans learn directly from the trees. So the trees are the teachers, the plants are the teachers. How do you learn from the plants? Well, you go in isolation and then you fast and then you eat a limited diet without salt, oil, sugar, sex, caffeine. So you really you really just go down really simple fasting. And then when you are eating food, it's very simple. And what this allows you to do is then become open and aware to the plant spirit. And you're drinking this plant spirit throughout this period of time in the evenings, meditating, receiving information, guidance, activation, wisdoms, which are then able to be used to help others heal. So this is the tradition that we've been studying in Uh, for years and using this to then help our own growth. And then eventually then we've been helping other people as well to be able to heal and to be able to connect and learn in their own way directly from the trees. So we have our indigenous maestros that we've been learning from. And then over time we've just then moved into doing this ourselves in our own specific way with the information that we've learned directly from the trees and the blessings of our you know indigenous maestros and teachers as well. Yeah, the paths then then open up. So if you come and diet with us um, to learn from Noyarau, it doesn't mean that you have to want to be a healer or a, a curandero. It means that you're gonna activate your own life path in whatever way that is. So if you're a writer, if you're a musician, if you're you know, if you're a nurse or whatever it may be in the in or in the in the Western field, that's gonna help open up this life path for you. Then you can also experience incredible healing of childhood trauma, of opening of actua- uh, activating of intuition, and then, and then physical healing of the body, uh, mind, and spirit as well. But yes, the traditional, when I talk to a di- about a theatre, that's a p- period of time. The theatres that we're currently offering are four weeks, or our initiation theatres are a period of four weeks, which also include ayahuasca ceremonies and some other cleaning plant medicines and also integration period afterwards as well. Whilst teaching you about how to communicate with plant spirits, how to uh, how to diet effectively within the Shatibo tradition, and then how to integrate and how to take that back to everyday life, mm-hmm. rather than it just being an experience out here in the jungle, how can you then bring this into something that's going to be in alignment with your own true purpose uh, and life's mission, or whatever that may be?
1: Yeah, it's fascinating. I'm I'm curious the connection between. Plants and spirit, and why? I don't know if it's the science behind, or just just a deeper explanation of that connection, and why spirits are able to work through plants. Um, Kristen and I have had experience with ayahuasca and mushrooms, but that's pretty much it, right? For mm, you, You've I think done so. A, yeah,
0: but just, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Things got crazy sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just remember specifically in my in the ayahuasca ceremony. Just And even to this day, when I hear music that's either from that specific ceremony or that is similar, I feel something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel something so deep. So I'm just curious, just a further explanation of how the spirit connects to the plants.
2: Out at Casa Galactica, we, our uh, title, if you look on our homepage, is channeling and plant spirit healing. So when we talk about plants, we're often talking about plant spirits. But the same as other beings that you might talk about in terms of Arctorians that you've had experience with in channeling, you think of Ar- Arctorians, perhaps some of these beings have a physical body, but you're talking to the spirit also mm-hmm. as well in these channeling sessions that you think you've been a part of. So, with a plant, there's a physical plant, but then there's the spirit aspect of it. So when you're communicating with the spirit, you're communicating with that aspect of the plant that has this infinite wisdom. Ah, So you can see the plant as a tree and then you can communicate the spirit. And this is not just something that's limited to entheogens or like ayahuasca or, or mushrooms. You know, you can communicate with plants in your garden. We've actually got a free meditation on our website that takes you through how you can communicate with plants in your garden and start to begin to receive the wisdom. Now, in an ayahuasca ceremony, the way that we run ayahuasca ceremonies, we're also communicating and bringing in the the plant spirits and then the worlds of medicines that are contained within the plant spirits, which are then many different beings and energies, similar to spirit teams and galactic friends that work with us in ceremonies to then be able to do healing work as well. So working with the plant spirits and then other beings and energies, ETs, uh, angels, guides, these types of things. But when you're taking ayahuasca itself and then you're removing the veil of illusion of of physical reality and you're beginning to connect to those other layers and dimensions of consciousness, then you may be able to see and experience those things more viscerally and more clearly, and especially within that container and that space, which has been created to invite all of these different spirits for healing. However, what's really interesting is that the spirits that you may experience in a, a plant medicine ceremony or an ayahuasca ceremony... You may see that more viscerally and you may think that they are only working with you in an ayahuasca ceremony, which is, in our experience, is not true. The human uh, has an experience which can see and experience that more easily whilst taking a plant medicine. However, like in our trauma healing sessions online, our, our channeling sessions, I'm not taking ayahuasca to be able to communicate with spirit. It's just more that whilst taking a plant medicine like ayahuasca, we become more aware of our true self, and then we can access that because that veil has been taken away by ingesting something. But you can learn to do this with meditation. Uh, you can learn to communicate with spirit, like I said, in that meditation on our website at CastigLight.com. And you can learn how to do this and bring this into whatever it may be. Maybe you're, you know, maybe you're, you're a yoga teacher. Maybe you're a reiki master. Maybe you work crystals. Maybe you do something else. And maybe it's completely different but when you learn how to communicate with spirit that spirit energy can be infused in whatever you do and bring through that energy to help others yeah
0: mm. with um you've mentioned a lot the tri- about the tribes and and the um indigenous people that you've learned from can you talk about the process to like how do you even connect with them? How do you learn from them? What's the education like? And how do you ensure that everything that you're doing is in honorance or is like in alignment to the lineage and to the energy of those peoples?
2: Well, firstly, the, the lineage that we work within is beyond beyond human and mm. physical. It is a plant spirit healing lineage, which is the Noyarao tradition. Of, of spirit healing or co so whatever we do is in alignment with noira which is infused through all of the programs everything that we do all of our healing work so through communicating with our heart and understanding what our path is in alignment with noira that's how we do all of our healing work and align with these programs uh, in terms of our indigenous teachers simply they They have said to us, "Please go out into the world and continue to share this knowledge Mm -hmm. and experience that you've been that you've been uh, learning and and teaching with us." And then, in terms of the community that we work with out in uh, the rainforest and the jungle, is the Mashana community, which is an indigenous community, but it's not an indigenous community in terms of the sense of the Shikibo tradition that are not deeply rooted within shamanism or plant spirit current Erismo. And we're actually members of that community. Uh, we have a house out there next to our retreat center that we've been invited to be a part of that community. So what we do with the, uh, our programs and people that we bring into the National Reserve, because it's also as a part of National Reserve, then we ensure that some of that money goes to the community to help create different projects, to be able to create sustainable projects that we, we're going to be working on more and more. Now we've just moved back to the jungle to be able to ensure that the, the people that we're bringing into that community or the people from overseas that we're bringing into that community help support and continue sustainable practices for that community as well. Mm-hmm. So we look to to honour ourselves and everybody that we work with to the best of our ability to be able to ensure that this, the love that we've received that, that we continue to receive from the plants that we we share that love with with, with everyone mm-hmm. who comes to us and works with us and, and is a part of our work
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I love that question and that answer because i was I was also thinking about we live in l a mm-hmm. and there's a lot of of these practices that originate mm-hmm. in places like the Amazon that are brought to the mainstream to a place like l a, which you know I'm not saying is bad, however. I do feel like there is a focus on making money. You know, where you know there's people renting a house in Beverly Hills to do an ayahuasca ceremony. Sure, like I'm not saying it has to be in a certain place, but I do think that there are some shortcuts being taken and perhaps not an honorance of the tradition. So I'm glad you I'm glad you talked about that. That's betterhelp.com dot com slash almost thirty. Do you believe in these ceremonies, healings, um, and traditions being done in their place of origin, or would you like to see it all over the world? You know, what are your kind of standards and thoughts around that?
2: Good question. Well, for I'll speak. I'll speak about how we do things, and then I'll answer that question from there. Because what's close to our heart is training and working in a tradition that's been, that has been done for thousands and thousands of years, which is basically saying, by uh, the way, guys, humans aren't the most intelligent beings on the planet. Mm-hmm. Something about that I love. So I'm just like, this has been passed thousands and thousands of years through, through indigenous elders in the Amazon jungle. And we've been lucky enough to be able to train and experience this with them and then learn how to communicate with spirits directly Being in the heart of the Amazon, where all of these magnificent plants are, and the energy of this place is just incredible. Mm -hmm. So, for me, working within this tradition is in my heart, and it's incredible because the tradition teaches us how to work with spirit in a way that does healing on people and to be able to hold a safe space in a way that's in alignment with how the plants have taught elders in these communities in the shipibo tradition for many many generations however simultaneously you may notice that i'm not shipibo and i'm not trying to be shipibo i'm trying to be me doing my work which is heart and mind and sensitive with to me within the shipibo tradition so within that tradition and then allowing my own energy to be infused with the non-dual work with the other complementary practices that we bring in like qigong Uh, And then the trauma-informed care, which I'll talk about more in a minute, and just the way that we do things is different to being completely going out alone with a Shipibo indigenous elder, which has its merits. It's great. But there's something about being able to infuse my own background, Jamie's own background with trauma all of the trauma-informed care practices that we put into our online sessions and trauma-informed work, and then being able to relate that to people to be able to then teach others how to communicate directly with the plants in a way that we've learned and been able to do so. So for me, having a tradition that's based in this powerful healing work it is really important to be able to have that spiritual connection, to be able to hold a safe space, to be able to do authentic healing work. And, and that is spending time studying with the plants and learning and directly receiving information, learning the Shipibo language to be able to do this uh, and a whole ceremony in this way. Simultaneously, it doesn't mean that what other people are doing outside of the tradition is, is not valid or relevant because I also believe that the plants are working through people in many different ways and everyone has their different way of working and has a different reason why they're offering a ceremony and, and I'm not here to judge that in any way. What I am here to say is that anyone who is going to go and do uh, ayahuasca, I highly recommend working with people who are are informed in trauma-informed care practices. What does that mean? It means that if you get yourself into a situation where deep levels of trauma come up that have been repressed, that you're going to be looked after in a way that doesn't. That means that you're going to be able to process this trauma so that you're going to come out of this experience, even if not immediately, but you're going to come out of it feeling lighter because you've. You shed some layers, and you peel this trauma, and you've had a different experience. It, and, it, and if this was something like sexual abuse or trauma, or even darker things that can be uh, experienced in this world, such as ritual abuse, which is what I've been through and experienced and helped and healed with plant medicines, if you're not held in a safe container that gives you an ability to one to be able to deal with those energies in a safe way, shamanically within a ceremony space, and then two. Humanly to be able to help people process through that. So for me, if if you if there's a tradition that offers that, or there's a teaching that offers that, for me, that's what's most important. Rather than saying that it's the Shipibo tradition, or it's this tradition, or this way of doing things, or if it's in the Amazon jungle, or if it's in a state house in America somewhere. For me, it's is the ceremony going to be able to be energetically and shamanically safe, more often than not, then you're going to need to have studied in a tradition and you're going to have to spend time dedicating your life to be able to do that. Are you able to uh, handle people who have come through difficult traumatic experiences beyond what you may even be able to imagine is possible? And are there safety procedures and protocols in place that ensure the safety of people, not only just physically through going through this, through pre-wellness screening questionnaires to make sure that they're physically safe to be able to do so, Mentally and emotionally, is this person who's coming to go and take some plant medicines going to come out of this experience safely in a mental state? And are there then procedures in, in place, integrations in place, integration protocols and practices in place that w- we spent so, so much time putting all this together to be able to create that safe container that means that the experience overall of coming and drinking ayahuasca or plant medicine is a positive one? It doesn't mean that it's going to be pretty. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, and it doesn't mean that you're going to have a magic pill, and overnight, you're going to feel better. However, in our experiences, if people come and drink plant medicines in that way, which I've just described, then overall, it's a positive experience to be able to heal and experience more of the truth of who they are. But it's not easy work, and I do think that these things are often overlooked by people who are not fully aware of how to deal with trauma. And I think that that can be dangerous for people who go into this expecting this, perhaps. Oh, I'm going to drink ayahuasca and I'm going to have this godlike experience and I'm going to know more about the universe. And then all of a sudden, someone realizes that they were raped when they were three years old. Mm -hmm. And then the person who is holding the ceremony perhaps doesn't know how to deal with that. And then there's no container post ceremony or post retreat to be able to deal with that. Then I think people can find themselves in, in. uncomfortable situations and we often uh, and have continued to help people who've had experiences negatively in other ceremonies in our online trauma healing sessions Mm. to help process and integrate those as well so there's no one way of doing things but we're very passionate about doing things the way i've just described
0: Mm, beautiful you mentioned you mentioned you were a victim of ritual abuse i actually don't know what that is so what was your experience with that and then how you know the healing of it
2: well the healing is ongoing yeah the healing is ongoing and i don't know how long i will continue to heal from Mm -hmm. this and i'm not attached to being completely healed from this i'm just i'm just confident and grateful for the healing that i have received so far and i know that it also helps me to be able to help others heal through this and similar experiences. And naturally, uh, people gravitate towards me also experience deep sexual abuse, violent Mm. abuse, or ritual abuse. Mm. So ritual abuse can be described as organized uh, abuse, which uses different rituals of abuse to incite fear, uh, which can be the torture of animals, the killing of children, the rape and abuse of, of children. And it's often used underground. It also... Has within it contained mind control uh, to stop people from remembering this, to stop these rings being uncovered. You may have heard some of this more in, in the mainstream media being talked about, of people coming out about this and talking about it. And for me, for the whole of my life, I had zero idea about this. Zero idea about this. And then it's been something that I've been working over the last several years through going through through many different plant medicine experiences of going back and reliving some of these violent terrors and traumas um and then also through working with a great therapist um who's been very body centered and uh based upon somatic experiencing and just my continued practice of being present with those feelings and emotions that come up and uh for, for, for quite a while I, I actually took a break from working with plant medicines for a year to integrate those experiences i took a year away from actually helping other people and just to go into my own stuff um but it, it's it's something that it's been tough it's difficult to 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 describe some of these things because they're just they're just um so dark and, and sometimes people can have a negative reaction to me sharing about some of these experiences. Um, So if anyone is feeling a little bit overwhelmed by that, I apologize, but I'm I'm just- I'm (laughs) crying.
0: He's looking at me crying.
2: (laughs) Answering the question. I don't think,
0: no, it's Uh, beautiful. I don't think, it's not a negative response. Sometimes I just am reminded of how, and I think this is a theme for me lately, is how, how dark parts of our existence on earth could be and how traumatic it could be people and how you just, it's so weird because you live in this world and like so much of it's an illusion and we just don't realize how much of what you're talking about happens in the world. The rings, the rituals, the animal abuse, like it's just so crazy to me and it's, yeah, it's just heartbreaking and and no, I'm I, never a negative response. I'm so thankful you shared and I'm, you know, obviously a hundred times over, so sorry you went through that. I guess for your journey, did you did you have it buried so far in your brain that you didn't know what it had gone on because of all the mind control as well until you went into ceremony?
2: Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question, and I I I, I, I wasn't res- responding to, to to your tears. I was just I was just letting anyone mm-hmm. out there knows who's having a feeling of like, oh my gosh, what is this that? it's okay. I don't expect anyone to get it. I'm not here for sympathy. I, I'm just sharing my experience. And as I said at the beginning, just take it or leave it. Mm. This is my experience. And when I went into this experience, it was probably around about three years ago. It actually wasn't beginning with plant medicines. It was actually beginning... Well, it wasn't beginning with ayahuasca. It was actually beginning um, when I was connecting with my Neuer Rao pipe. Uh, which was a pipe that I used to smoke and with my pacho, uh which is a way of connecting to a plant spirits in the tradition as well, which we, we teach about on the theatres. But then I actually went into a mushroom ceremony after I began to have these feelings and started coming up, bringing in some of these memories. And then I started going into just, well, I say just, I started going into sexual abuse, some some dark sexual abuse, and then over time and time again, it was like the bottom was falling out of it and it was wow. getting darker mm-hmm. and darker wow. and darker and darker. And it was, if I'd have seen everything in, in one go,
0: yeah.
2: it would have been too much. And I'd already been drinking ayahuasca for a year and a half before, you know, pretty regularly before oh. I actually started going into this. And it was only then when I'd been able to get to a certain level of my own progress that I was then able to go deeper and darker into this. Yeah, when, when anyone who's going through remembrance of sexual abuse or, or repressed memories, often the first thing to do is to they, they deny it because mm. it would be just easier to say, oh, I'm going crazy or I just drank a plant medicine and it would be so much easier if this was just like an evil plant because mm-hmm. that, would, that would be the easy answer, right? Mm-hmm. You just don't drink the plant again and then you're fine. But then through, you know, I've, I've gone through these experiences through with therapists, with meditation with just um just being uh, experiences being triggered by so many different things going into it and luckily after after many years of doing my own work i am pretty adept at going into that and being aware and conscious with it so with this mind control what i'm talking about is then this uh, programming which, which is suicide programming i wanted to kill myself from about 10 years old mm-hmm. which is only until about you know my mother was ill and um, my parents split up. I just thought, Oh, maybe I'm just kind of like sad with life. I didn't really want to live so much. And then when I started to go into more of these memories, more and more of these memories, as I would start going into some of these deep memories, then like an overwhelming feeling and urge of wanting to kill myself. Mm-hmm. like wanting to grab a knife, stab myself. that was just like, not mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And before I knew what suicide programming was, uh, I didn't know what it was. And it was, it was kind of very dark that it, And how I describe it is that I would have to do, I would have to actively not kill myself, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. So I'd
2: have to actively be like, don't kill myself. And then there would be an overwhelming urge of like walking in front of a car, doing something like this. And then obviously my true self never really wanted to do this. And then it was then through shamanically working through some of these different energies, understanding what it is, unraveling these different programs of mind control. Uh, and then understanding it and working through it, then learning how to also help other people through this throughout doing through my own process. Um, but there's, there's really not that much literature about on it. There is literature, but it's just, not, it's just not that much literature about that. People can have these experiences, and people can just often just see that as a suicidal tendency. People can also just see this addiction. The reason that I got into plant medicines originally was because of deep levels of addiction. I never thought I was going to live to 30 years old. So I was partying. I was DJing. I was just like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Just like go out high, basically. Mm. And then it was when, when I started working with plant medicines, then I, started, I stopped taking drugs and drinking and smoking and all these different types of things and started going into the traumas. And that was when I realized that this is the, underneath all of these different addictions. Mm. And then when you don't have anything to numb these things, then the real darkness can come out to be healed. And that's quite a difficult process. Um, and it's something that I help people with our with online trauma healing sessions to going through different stuff like sexual abuse sexual abuse trauma violent abuse um addictions other things like this I know that if I'd not gone through this myself I wouldn't be able to help other people so I'm grateful to be able to help other people Just still sad you know it's it's still tough Mm -hmm. um yeah
1: thank you for sharing that Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people out there will really be receiving your story and um Yeah. Be activated by that in a, in a positive way. Knowing that this is still going on Mm -hmm. all over the world and that it is not necessarily, you know, we've seen it in the mainstream a little bit recently, but how do you, how do you like reckon with that? So between your own healing, but then also feeling so deeply connected to it happening underground all over the world. Like, I'm just like feeling into like incredible anger, mm-hmm. but also just like the wanting to help and heal and bring this to light. Like, where do you find yourself in in that?
2: I've got pretty good at at not being concerned about what people think about me. Um, with I don't, I, and this is a process that I went through when I first started channeling of like being really worried about what people would think or like, oh, mm. you're not talking to the Palladians, you know. And especially as I was losing my old friends mm-hmm. um, through like the DJ community and all these different types mm. of things. And I just started my life over here and again getting through. And, and, and then also then working with Ayahuasca and then the way that we're doing things. And then also, you know, working in the tradition in the, our own way, leading ceremonies myself, leading theatres myself, doing this. Throughout that process there's been a big shedding of me really caring what people think about. Not that that gives me a free reign to just be whoever, you know, to, to, do, to do nasty things. It's just I trust my heart and I trust what I do and I, I trust I do these things. So to to answer the question is I know that when I share about these things, not everybody believes what I'm saying. Mm. And I'm not trying to convince anybody any different about this. So. In terms of if people believe my story or people believe that these things go on, I would just say, just go into your heart and just feel into your heart and how that feels. If you resonate with what I'm saying, if you see these things in the news and you see people and different reports coming up and about this, just feel into your heart, feel into your body. How does your body feel about it? Leave the mind to the side. What reaction do you? How do you feel in your body about that? And that's how we start to come into this into this heart awareness, which is beyond the, the mind, to be able to find our truth and, and to share truth. In terms of what can people do about this, I would just say, you know, it's not necessarily your own responsibility to do something about my story. However, the responsibility I believe is with each of us to be able to go inside and find out whatever that is, that trauma, that darkness, that what to love that we are harboring within our own beings and to become aware of that because it plays out unconsciously in our relationships. It plays out unconsciously with our friends, our family, in our work environments. And then we start chasing these dreams that are not even us. And then we just keep going around and perpetuating that cycle of of whatever it is, the rat race or capitalism or whatever it is, is—to just keep doing these things because we're not in touch with who we truly are. So break yourself free break yourself free from the mental patterns, the behaviors, the programmings that are keeping you from living your own truths. And when you live your own truth, you'll light up the world in your own way. And then when there's that much light here, the darkness isn't, it, it doesn't matter because this light, this darkness is taking us to the light. It's allowing us to shine. So mm-hmm. I would just say, be present with yourself. That's how it comes down to, to be willing to look inside and then be willing to have an open heart to help others and support others. When you have that call from your friend who's like, I'm having a tough time, just be there and listen. Just offer support. You don't have to fix it, but just having someone to listen and just to, to allow their experience to be heard, to be seen, it's incredibly healing. We often egoically, I believe, think that we have to fix someone or have the right answer. But just listening with the heart to someone's problem, someone's story, just be incredibly
0: healing. Yeah, people not believing it is confusing to me. I, I, I don't that kind of interest. Like, is I find interesting that people wouldn't believe you or other people that have these experiences and stories. And you know, just as like a note, there are TV shows that show these kind of things. And so, for people to think that they don't exist outside of that, it might it's way darker and. Person actually, but the media often kind of leads like breadcrumbs of like what is actually going on so I'm sorry if you've never been believed or people haven't believed you I'm you know i I just want to just make a note of that because that must be really hard you know that must be really hard um, there was something that you mentioned when you were talking about you know transitioning from your old life. Uh, being a DJ, kind of having these addictions and really hiding this trauma that you have, and then transitioning to your new life, which you currently live now. Can you talk about that process? A lot of people in our community are people that are sort of making that transition where they're stepping into the more spiritual parts of their beings and their lives and living with more purpose and living with more heart. But sometimes it can feel lonely and sometimes it can feel isolating. So I'd love to hear your story and anything, any tips or advice that you'd give our audience that are going through their own spiritual transition.
2: Sure, great question. Thank you. The process that really, I believe, can be described. And we, we talk a lot, this a lot in our integration um, with people who are coming and doing plant medicine work with us down in the jungle because they can just be such a big activator you know and working with plant medicines that can be like doing 10 20 years of meditation in a single ceremony and having these like mind blowing and awakening experiences and when you come and do a plant medicine ceremony and you come down uh, uh, and you, you do a retreat with us and often that life that you may have had may more viscerally seem not suitable or appropriate for you because you've had these new these healings and these new awarenesses. Or it can be something that's more over a gradual period of time that, as you know, perhaps you start doing yoga, and then you know, then all of a sudden you just start drinking less.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: then all of a sudden you, you know, you find a podcast like almost 30 podcasts, and you start speaking to people mm-hmm. and you do this. So it can be the rate of change is not important. But when this change comes and happens, from my experience, the realization that when things don't feel good anymore. More often than not, it's because they're not aligning with you anymore. Now, that doesn't mean that you know if you have a bad day at work, it doesn't mean the job's not like, okay, I'm spiritual now, this job no longer works. <laughs> it's not just, just, just something that's that consistent over time. When, you, when, when we get, when you get in tune with the body, with the heart, we can start to feel, you know, an example, every time I meet up with this friend, I don't feel like I'm being heard or supported, and I feel like this is not a two-way relationship. And I think everyone can relate to that. And it's like, I've known this person for like 15 years or 10 years. And now I'm, I'm just supposed to let go of my best friend. That's, that's, a, that's, that's tough. This is like the real life tough stuff. And it's like, just to continue with this, this example, when we hold on to that experience, we hold on to that relationship. When we believe ourselves to be aligned with that relationship, when we're not, we experience suffering. When we actually meet up with that person, we don't have a good time. And then we start feeling left alone, perhaps abused or not cared for or or not valued or, or not worthy. And that just plays into those old patterns. But when you start to lift some of those old patterns of unworthiness, unlovable, all these other things, if you're in a relationship, whether it be a friendship or a work relationship, a food relationship, or whatever that relationship may be, You start to realize that no longer serves you because those limiting beliefs and those patterns that you've begun to heal, they're just not functioning anymore. And then you can start clearly seeing this doesn't work. So even though it's scary, even though you can be afraid of doing this, I would recommend letting go of those relationships that no longer work for you. And what you may be left with is a feeling of being alone. But what's worse, being alone and actually having no one around you being alone with a supposed friends and actually still being alone. For me, I personally, I, I think that's like some form of self harm yes. of continuing mm-hmm. to put ourselves through that. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's petrifying. So, I just want to say, when I was when I was living in in Europe, I'm originally from the UK, and I was living in Berlin. I was actually running a headhunting company, you know, do drugs and all these other things, and you know, partying, thinking I had these friends. And don't get me wrong, I did have good times and I did have friendships. We did share these things at that level of experience of having. I didn't have a long-term romantic relationship. Uh, the job I had wasn't fulfilling. You know, I was putting all these things in my body that were not good for me. And I went through this process of letting go of all of that and just thinking that, oh my God, I'm losing all my friends. I basically lost all my friends, all my job, all of the money all everything I'd done, all of this thing I've been building up, and I let go of it all. Now I'm, I, I, I'm happily married. I live here in the jungle in uh, Quitos, Peru. Um, we have Casa Galactica, and we get to share and do these things that we absolutely, truly love to help other people. And it's a level of fulfillment that my old self wouldn't be able to even comprehend. If I wrote it down Mm -hmm. on paper, Mm -hmm. oh, you're going to feel fulfilled like this. The feeling that I have, the experience that I have now is not comprehensible because of my own experiences before were nothing in comparison to be able to to have this. These experiences were all completely valid and valuable for me at that time to be able to recognize what's not for me. So when we activate ourselves with, or when we we numb ourselves, I should say, with, with drugs, when we when we tune out of our existence and we keep grinding on doing the work that we don't love, when we keep in these relationships, whether it be a romantic, abusive relationship or what I've just described, then that's that's preventing us from creating enough space in our life to allow what's truly there for us to be aligned with us Mm
0: -hmm.
2: all of these things that are in true alignment with you and your higher self i just want to tell everyone out there they already exist they're all there for you you don't have to win them you don't have to gain them you don't have to create them you don't have to manifest them they're already there just stop holding on to all the things that no longer serve you and then you'll automatically begin to gravitate towards those like a magnet so just release your grip and similar to as you're releasing a grip it can feel like you're falling but know that you will be caught. Surround yourself with people who you find in true community, who truly listen, who are truly able to speak from their heart. Surround yourself with spiritual material that can maybe help you understand some of these changes that you're going through and find spiritual practices that can be beneficial to help you through these changes. Enlist the help of others who have been through this process. Do this work and... It's not going to necessarily be an easy time. Just understand that it can have its challenges, but just trust that there is something perfectly aligned with you that's available for you out there, but nothing can stop you really from obtaining and experiencing because it's already there for you. And you're going to go through this process, and I'll just go let you know, if you let go of it tomorrow or if you let go of it a month down the line, Over time, you're just going to find these experiences and these relationships become so tormenting for you Mm -hmm. that you're going to let go of And then Mm -hmm. when you learn to let go of this quicker and quicker and quicker, you start realizing, oh, when I let go of those things that no longer serve me, then these things that align with me start presenting themselves, work, relationships, friends, et cetera, et cetera. And then you start to enjoy life. And then then the letting go gets easier because you already understand that, I would say, the formula of letting go is that when you let go of things that don't serve you, you end up being happier generally. Mm. So I think that answers the question. Mm-hmm.
1: I hope. <laughs> Permission well, to I'm let go. Yeah. No, that was beautiful.
0: Another. It's interesting. Uh, th- this is like another topic for another day, but I had like a drug phase too where I was like partying a lot. And I, I really think that that was, you know I'm not recommending it to anyone. That's not what I'm saying. But I really think that that was like a step for me in my sort of path. Like that was very expansive for me. And maybe you like continue chasing, but yeah, that was really beautiful. And I really do, you know, just want to echo that sentiment of when you do really focus more on what is for you, all the things like fall away and Mm -hmm. releasing the grip is really key. And just like the,
1: how limited the mind is. Mm -hmm. So when you think about like what your life could be Mm -hmm. and how fulfilled and joyful you could be, it's actually not even close. So I just love that point too, because I think we're so goal oriented in our society, at least in America. And I think that can really limit us. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Last question from me, just in your union, like in your marriage and in conjunction with like your recent healing in the last few years around the ritual abuse, I'm just curious what that experience has been like between you both. You know, obviously, whatever you're comfortable sharing. But I can imagine there are a lot of people out there in union and relationships that um, are going through or uh, will be healing a type of trauma like mm-hmm. that.
2: Absolutely. My wife, Jamie, is an absolute rock for me. I love her so dearly. And we have been through so many different experiences together through the healing of my own traumas and the healing of her own traumas. And I would say that our marriage is trauma-informed and is often the basis of a lot of the trauma-informed work that we do because we've learned how to hold space for people and each other through the deepest, darkest depths of trauma. And with any relationship, what a relationship will do is bring up the blind spots. It will bring up an opportunity for those negative patterns Behaviors that are perhaps based upon unconscious trauma to come to the surface to be healed and to be loved. And Jamie and I hold space for each other. I would say, like, pretty, pretty good right now. Like, we, we, we've, we've been through so much stuff of this trauma of healing. We just like we know how to talk to each other. We know how to listen to each other. We know how to hold space for each other. And as these relationships bring up these, these. These these negative experiences or these difficult experiences from past trauma, it, you know, it can be difficult to be intimate because if you're going through experience of healing sexual trauma, then just sometimes you just don't want to be around someone, you don't want to be intimate with someone. Mm. So then, holding space for each other to go through that to heal, when the the space is held so lovingly from from each of us, it's given us the ability to to heal so many levels and dimensions of trauma in this life and otherwise. And a conscious relationship can be a, a massive activator for you to be able to heal those things. And this is just coming through that there may be people who've had different sexual abuse and traumas that just continue to play out different patterns of this trauma and abuse. Or perhaps, you know, sometimes with sexual abuse you see people that are then very promiscuous or then some people are very absent from sex, these different types of things. That's all completely fine. But a loving relationship is available for there, for, for you, for, for everyone. Um, and, and it has to start with the inside. It has to start with you doing that inner work. And then when you do that, then you will find someone who's already existing, who's already there to be able to support you in that growth process. Um, so my marriage has been instrumental in my healing. I, I recommend it. I recommend <laughs> <the> marriage. <laughs> it's awesome.
0: Aww. And for just last question, for anyone that's listening, you know, that's in a relationship, how can they bring some of those aspects that you guys talk about that are so helpful for you into their relationship, whether it's communication skills or, you know, tips on holding space? Like what kind of things could people apply to their lives?
2: First thing I would say, when you think that you should be talking, perhaps you should be listening some more rather than thinking of the next thing that you want to say. Mm -hmm. Um, I would just always say, Just listen intently with the heart and then give people space. Don't just jump in when when there's a pause in a breath. Just give the other person opportunity to really speak. And it can be uncomfortable because the things that your partner may be saying to you may make you feel uncomfortable, but it's okay. Just feel that, be present with them. So that's what's coming up there. Um, The more that you get, the more that you're in a relationship, the more that you're conscious, the more that you're doing your own work, then the more that you will be able to hold space for that relationship, when you believe the problem to be the relationship or the other person, then that's how I basically had all of my relationships before me and my wife, Jamie, and expect it to be tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> expect it to like this idea. I think it, uh, if anyone who's just watched friends and just think that's what relationships like, <laughs> mm-hmm, I'm like mm-hmm. I'm just, then, you know, we, it's, it's like, Oh, Like having an argument, having a discussion, having uh, conscious communication about not agreeing on these things, about calling each other out on, okay, I don't feel good. I feel like my boundaries being stepped on here. I don't feel like you've heard me, or you know, I don't feel heard. I should say, being able to have those open communications rather than keeping those darker things in the closet. When you start bringing them out, when you bring out the jealousy, when you bring out all of those other things, all of the other patterns and behaviors, and you put them on the table. And you look at them, they lose their power. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So for, for me, I would just say, if you're there with the person that you love, give it time, talk to each other, and enlist the help of someone to help you communicate better if you need to. The basis of, of our relationship is good open communication. And how do we get good at communication? We're talking really badly to each other for a long time <laughs> and then you get better. So mm-hmm. it's just like, it's a process and it's ongoing. And I can just imagine, you know, I was like, where are we going to, how are we going to communicate to each other in five years? So just that commitment to yourself, commitment to myself and Jamie's commitment to herself and our commitment to bringing love through and sharing that through in our work and our relationship, and our marriage, I think it's just when you really want it, you can, you make it work
0: in that way. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. I'm really grateful. Yeah, I'm really grateful. This was really beautiful. And I'd love just for you to tell them about Casa Galactica and if they want to connect with you guys, what sort of things can they do with you?
2: Absolutely. Um, So firstly, I just want to let all of your listeners know that we are going to offer a 15% discount Mm -hmm. on all of our online services with all capital letters, almost 30. Mm -hmm. um, I'll create a promotional code and that will be available two weeks after this comes out. Mm-hmm. So, if you just let me know when this is coming out, I'll set mm-hmm. the date for that to be two weeks from when this airs so that you can take advantage of any of the sessions that we're going to talk about. So, we have, as we've talked about already, we have Black um, channel where I connect with Black beings and, and spirit to be able to bring through life transformative guidance and information to help you connect with your own inner truth and to be able to move through this reality more easily, which is this, the session which we all did together online uh, a few months ago. And then I also have trauma healing sessions, which is where I work with spirit with different techniques uh, and channeling as well to be able to help people heal from trauma, sexual abuse, ritual abuse, uh, addictive behaviors, depression, anxiety, All of these different types of things, which is a a deep therapy in a way that is enabled to work consciously through bringing through techniques for you to be able to heal from these traumas, to be able to be present with yourself, to be able to learn to navigate these things and emotions and triggers as they come up. Then also working shamanically with spirit and light language and different ETs to be able to then work energetically on the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual body. And these are these this is this is the type of work that's helped me heal from the level of abuse that I've gone through. Uh, and they're just holding space to be able to people to be able to move through this. And that's some of the favorite work that I do with people. Um, and this is available for people who have varying levels of conscious or unconscious trauma. And the, uh, if you go on the website and Casagalactica.com and go to the trauma healing sessions, they go through more of the symptoms of what trauma can look like, whether it just be Apathy for life or anger or depression or anxiety. And then we can start to look at what the root cause of that is. So that when we heal that from the root cause, then you're able to live life and be more authentic and then have that relationship, job, love, life that you want because you're living from your authentic self. So you're being and experiencing life as your authentic self. Then I also have my learn to channel sessions and courses where I help people to learn to channel to help activate uh, intuition, connect with their spirit teams so that they can bring that through into perhaps just their own personal life or learn how to do this professionally, be able to help and channel for others, or to be able to bring this through into the work that they're doing, like I was saying, like yoga or other healing practices, or whether you're being a nurse. I you know, I've actually worked with a few people who are Western nurses who start to learn how to do medical intuition so that they can start working with their patients in different, more holistic ways. Um, and yeah, or maybe it's... Want to do in your own business or your work. So this is available for everyone who wants to start understanding their multidimensionality and to be able to then connect with this uh, wisdom and guidance that is uh, already available. My wife is also an incredible intuitive medium, and uh, I also just spoke to her as well. So she's going to do a fifteen percent off on all of her sessions as well. So she does intuitive, uh, intuitive readings, and then she also does uh, intuitive mentorship one-on-one course, which is incredible. Where she teaches people to connect with their own intuition and to be able to work with spirit in a similar way that I've talked about in the Learn Channel course. But she has her own very unique way of doing things, and you can find all more about that on our website as well. So we have all of our courses and sessions available that you'll be able to uh, use the coupon code code almost thirty for two weeks after this has been aired. Uh, this podcast as a way of saying thanks for having us on. And then we also, if you are just like, really want to go deep with this even further, then we have our four-week Noya Rao initiation theater. Uh, so this will not be included in the 15% discount, um, where we have our four-week Noya initiation theater where you'll be taking various different plant medicines to help clear the mental body, emotional body, and the physical body, then learning to communicate with plant spirits, then dieting, connecting, and activating your life with Noya Rao, and then going through a full integration process while drinking. And uh, ayahuasca. We have a load of videos on our website as well where I talk about all of the plants at com. You can find really comprehensive information available on our website. Now, especially as well, I'd love to announce as well that in addition to this Neuerau Initiation Theater, we're also going to be putting on trauma informed healer courses where we're going to be teaching people through plant medicines how to be. More trauma informed in your healing practices. And this is something that can then be taken into your own healing practices. How do you then work with people with sexual abuse? How do you work with people with ritual abuse? What is trauma informed care? How is it important? Why is this important? How can it benefit people to come through this? So if you're interested in that, please just send us a message via our website. And then we also have various different ayahuasca uh, healing retreats that are upcoming because of. the world is at the moment we're we're bringing our group size down to just six people so our noira initiation theater has already been lined up for six people but they're also going to be putting together longer-term healing programs for people who have more serious physical uh, illness conditions like diabetes cancer the things like that or we want to come down and do deeper work with us then we're going to be opening our doors up for people to come down long-term Uh, also to apprentice with us as well in different ways. So if you're just resonating with anything that I'm saying here and you want to know more about this, because it's not available on our website right now, we're in the middle of just putting together these programs with spirit. All of our programs are guided and influenced by spirit and curated together with us. Then just send us a message and we can just arrange a one-on-one call. And we can just talk about what... You're interested in what you feel beneficial, what your own set of unique circumstances are, and we can create personalized treatment plans for you to come down here in the jungle with us uh, to study, to learn, to heal, whatever it may be. So our hearts are open and we just love connecting with people. So if you want to schedule a a consultation with us, then you can do that via our website as well. So um, yeah, and please enjoy our website. We've got lots of videos. You can see our retreat center. You can see more of the work that we do and yeah, if, if anything, you have any questions about what's been shared here today or you want more information about our services, please don't hesitate to send a message and you can arrange a call with us.
0: Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. That was really beautiful. And I'm so thankful for the discount code and for you sharing your story very openly and honestly. It really touched Lindsay and I and it was great to connect with you. Thank you for the beautiful session and we appreciate it.
2: Uh, I'd just like to say thank you to you both for are having us on and um, I really, really appreciate to be able to share. And I really, I really love the way you ask your questions. And uh, I just wish you all the best for continuing to share your light with uh, the world through through this format and any other formats that you that you that you have available. I just uh, I appreciate that you're doing the work that you're doing.
1: Thank you very much oh, for having me. It. pleasure. You're
0: doing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Again, thank you guys for having an open mind and an open heart for these type of conversations where we go deep and we explore topics that are might be new to a lot of people or might be things that people don't normally talk about. That's really what we're meant to do here is expand our minds and have conversations about things that may be taboo for now. Yeah, you can learn more about Michael and his
1: work at casagalactica.com. And we just want to thank our sponsors for this episode. As always, um, this helps us to create free content for all of you here on the podcast. And we just want to share brands and products that we really love and use ourselves. So thank you today to Daily Harvest Issue, FX Chocolate, Manscaped, and Gravity Blanket. You can find all discount
0: information in our show notes as well as on almost30.com. We love you so much. We'll see you on the next one. Make sure to share this with a friend, subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll see you soon. Bye everyone. Bye.